Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 135. Tomorrow night... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears kick off week five of the NFL season on Thursday night football. And for the Buccaneers, it is their first of five primetime games over a seven-week span. Definitely the tone of the next month or so is going to be under the lights and how this team performs. We're going to sneak preview of that tomorrow night. Welcome back to the show. It is our game preview episode, and it's a short week, so we've got a lot of content on our hands. Did our show Monday, Bucks break on Tuesday, new show today, and a hype video today for our friends over there on YouTube, Buccaneers game on Thursday, and we're going to be back with you on Friday doing our game review, so very excited about this week ahead. Very excited about the game tomorrow night, but welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, how are you doing, my friend? Doing pretty good. It's a pretty nice day out. So, um, you know, it, with the news of uh, Eddie Van Halen dying yesterday, you know, we paid a little bit of tribute there in the intro. It sucks, but um, yeah, rip Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, 2020 strikes again, man, and it really mm. is a shame. Eddie Van Halen, I think probably top three 
greatest guitar player of all time. I know number one on a lot of people's list, and I'd say number one on my list as well, but without a doubt, just a guy who absolutely shredded. And I mean, he paved the way for a lot of guys to just, I don't know, try and be better. Nobody really ever can. And, and the thing with Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen in particular as well, was the sound that he had. It was so loud. It was so unique. Like nobody was doing that fret picking thing that he was doing back in the 80s. So rest in peace to a rock and roll legend, Mr. Eddie Van Halen. But aside from that, we do have a great show lined up for you guys today. We're going to preview everything happening in tomorrow night's Thursday night football game against the Chicago Bears. But before we get into that, I know this isn't breaking news, but we've got some awards to talk about for the quarterback, Mr. Tom Brady. Over his 20 seasons in the NFL, something he accomplished in his first season with Tampa Bay, his 21st season in the NFL, something that he has never done his entire career, believe it or not, he was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And the only reason he hasn't done that his entire career yeah. is because <laughs> he played 20 years in the AFC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's never been an NFC champion before either. So Exactly, uh. exactly. A big year of first <laughs> for Tom Brady. But um, he was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week after his five-touchdown performance against the Chargers on Sunday, Sunday. So definitely looking to see if he can repeat that momentum as we come up on a short week. So... We've got the injury report as well. It came out, dropped on Monday, and that first list that came out was pretty concerning. I think there were seven or eight, maybe nine guys on there that you definitely don't want to miss the game. We've got a little bit clearer picture, so we're going to go over that injury report as we kick things off here as well. So let's just jump right into it. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wide receiver Chris Godwin, wide receiver Justin Watson, and running back LaShawn McCoy have all been ruled out for Thursday night's game. I think we knew Chris Godwin probably wasn't going to be good to go. I'm fairly surprised to see Justin Watson not available to go. And Shady, he's got that, what is it, the uh, the grade two ankle sprain, the, the upper leg sprain. So we knew he was probably going to be missing a couple of weeks as well. Yeah, I think that Shady was definitely, once Ian Rapport came out with, you know, the thing like he had this injury, I think it was pretty much confirmed that like he wasn't going to play. So, I mean, the 10 day break after this game, maybe Shady only does miss one game and they're, they're fortunate because of that 10 day break. Uh, maybe in a normal circumstance, he missed two or three games, but since you have this break, it's a little bit better. But yeah, it was a little surprised to see Justin Watson instead of uh, chest, which obviously you might not really be able to tell during a game, but like during the game, he looked fine to me. I thought he played the whole game. Um, so, yeah, Godwin never expected him to play. Uh, I think the goal is still to to have him ready to go 100% healthy for Green Bay, which is a game that they're, they're going to need him. Yeah. So uh, I think that's probably the goal. And I think probably the same thing with uh, the next guy who's listed doubtful, who I'll let you take that. But I think he's a guy that they'll just want to keep 100% healthy for Green Bay as well. Absolutely. That guy that you would just mention is the other running back, Mr. Leonard Fournette, with an ankle injury. He is listed as doubtful. So it's really one of those things where, you know, I think if you push him to play in this game, kind of like you had just mentioned, you know, I think the main focus has to be keeping him 100% healthy against the Packers. We saw Ronald Jones with 100 yards on the ground last week. I'd love to see him do it again if he's thrust into that role once again. And even if we do see Leonard Fournette, maybe we see him on a limited snap count. You know, you don't see him as heavy in the rotation. But if we don't see Leonard Fournette on Thursday night, I don't know how upset I will really be. I I, I don't think it'll kill me. 
No, I mean, yeah, it, it would be nice because like you need that depth. And with, with missing uh, Shady also, because now this basically leaves Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn as their two running backs. Um, so, I mean, like they had, just didn't have time to, to get anybody in. They, I believe they are uh, about to sign a Cedric Ware, who they cut uh, in training camp. But with the COVID testing, it, it took so long. He's not like he's still going through it, I think. But they're not going to have him available for this week. So yeah, uh, and they're bringing in that yeah. other running back as well, just in case people don't know. Running back Kenyon Barner was um, suspended for four games for violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing substances. So uh, well, the, the funny thing was he wasn't likely to play anyway because he had a concussion. So right. there's no way you're going to pass a concussion protocol in three days. So, yeah, but he just really – I think once he gets off that suspension, I don't think the Bucks can release him right now, but I think once he gets off that suspension, he might be out of a job. I got to say, man, that might go down in the history books as, like, just the worst week in the NFL. I, I mean, yeah. you know, he might have had Tough. a return against the L.A., but we saw him come out on that one play, get absolutely rocked, end up on concussion protocol, and the next day it is announced that he's suspended for four weeks. So, I mean, way to kick him in while he's down. I guess he did it to himself. I don't know, but we've heard a lot of these stories about how players, you know, had no idea that this thing that they took in this thing yeah. – would end up on this list it's of a fine lines. Right, yeah. exactly. But um, <laughs> I hate to say that it's funny because I don't like, you know, calling any injuries funny, but I think the circumstances, you can definitely just chuckle at it a little bit. Let's wrap up the Buccaneers injury report with some guys who are probably going to play. That's big 13 wide receiver Mike Evans with an ankle injury, wide receiver Scotty Miller with a groin injury. And then, um, yeah, both of those guys, excuse me, were listed as questionable. But here's the kicker. They traveled with the team to Chicago, so you and I were talking before the show. Pretty sure they play. Yeah, I, the expectation for me all week was pretty much that they weren't going to practice Mike Evans and Scotty Miller much. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I didn't think Justin Watson was going to practice much either, but I thought he was going to play, so that was a surprise. But, yeah, I never thought that Mike Evans and Scotty Miller were going to practice much on this short week. Uh, I think they, their, you know, their thought process was basically, hey, Rest up. I think that, you know, the best shot we can have at getting you available for Thursday is if you rest, not if you go out there and re-injure something. Evans's ankle it's probably swollen right now, so I think he's going to gut it out, but I hope that he, he's able to to find a way to, to make an impact. Uh, you know, could they use him as a decoy? Sure, if it, if it opens up some other stuff, just because, you know, having him out there is, is notable. Uh, for a defense like they have to pay attention to it anyway, uh, but yeah, I, I would expect both those guys to play. Um, you know, I know Miller was on the injury report before the LA game, and he played. I didn't notice that he was really like hurt. Like it didn't seem like it really hampered his ability at all. And then he was obviously on the injury report again this week. So, like I said, I think the Bucks are. are, are they didn't want to go into this game with. If Tyler Johnson, their wide receiver one, like, yeah. you know, if, if Miller and Evans are out, that's what it would be. Um, and they didn't want to go into that, into this game with, with that. So I think they're sort of pushing those guys to play. Um, they may be on some snap counts, but yeah, I would expect them both to be able to go tomorrow night in Chicago versus a bears team that the strength of their team is still defense. You know, it, it's their defense isn't on the same level as it was two, three years ago. 
but it's still a very good defense, and it's a defense that the Colts really had some trouble running against last week, and the Colts have a really good offensive line. So I don't know how good the Bucks are going to be able to run the ball, and I think you're going to have to rely on the passing game. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Tom Brady's done it before with, with no-name guys. So we'll see if they have to rely on the, the lesser-known guys or if Mike Evans is, you know, Scotty Miller, they're able to step up. Absolutely. And it's got to be a breath of fresh air for a lot of people to see Mike Evans and Scotty Miller as well, but especially Mike Evans good to go for this game on Thursday. Um, you know, I know, because- I know my, my fantasy team is breathing a thing of fresh air. I, <laughs> yeah. I know that because I was, I was like, man, I was like, whew, like if he doesn't play, like it's not killer, but prefer him out there. And speaking of fantasy, I did beat you this week, so. It wasn't like you, you steamrolled me. It was projected no, to be a nail I, biter, came down yeah. to the wire. What was the difference? Like 1.7 points, I think. Was, I think. Was, yeah, I thought it was like two or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I lost both of my fantasy leagues this week, by the way. I lost to you in that nail biter, and then I lost to somebody else that I shouldn't have lost to in my other PPR league because I decided to play James Conner and totally forgot that the Steelers game was canceled this week. Oh, so, um, yeah, if I would have put any other running back on my bench amateur, into that amateur, spot. Bet. I know I know it is what it is it is what it is it's still early in the season we have time to bounce back we're definitely not last place so I don't have to shave the beard again fingers crossed Mm. right but yeah that'd be something you had to shave (laughs) it again (laughs) just do the same punishment every single year yeah (laughs) so uh, we got a sample of what this Bucks offense looked like on Sunday without Mike Evans on the field and I gotta tell you it, it really just you know it's what we saw in the first half. It was a lot of stalling out. It was a lot of things getting shut down really before they even had time to begin. Um, so even if you have Mike Evans out there, you play him as like a decoy, kind of like you brought up, you know, teams are going to have to pay attention to him. So having him good to go, hopefully for Thursday night is definitely big for this Buccaneers offense. Now let's go over the bears injury report really quickly. We're not going to spend much time on it because Unlike every other team the Bucs have played this season, the Bears are pretty healthy. So these are the names that showed up on their most recent injury report. Safety Dion Bush with a hamstring injury did not participate in practice. Outside linebacker Khalil Mack with a knee injury was limited. He's going to play. That's not even a question. And safety Sherrick McManus with a hamstring injury did not participate. So other than those two safeties, you're pretty much going up against a fully healthy Bears team and a team that's, you know, health-wise, in a much better spot than the Bucks are right now, for sure. Yeah, so you're, these are two 3 and one teams right now that are looking to kind of prove on primetime television that their 3-1 and one record isn't a fluke. Because if you look at it, yes, the Bears, I don't believe, are on the same level as the Bucks. I think the Bucks are the better football team. But that's when they're both fully healthy, mind you. How you know you look at the Bears, they they beat the Lions week one. They shouldn't have because DeAndre Swift dropped the ball in the end zone that would have won the game for the Lions. Yeah, Bears ended up winning. Okay, the Lions are what one and three. So then they beat the the Giants who are zero and four, and then they beat the Falcons who the Falcons blew the lead and the Falcons are zero and four, <laughs> and then they just lost to the Colts who are slightly above average so i mean the bears have beaten three of the worst teams in the nfl but on the buck side of things the panthers yes they're two and two but are they really that good consensus says no uh broncos now <laughs> like they they had a little bit of trouble beating the jets mm. 
and then the the Chargers, who are now one and three, eh, you know, like, are they that good? So I think this is going to be a game for both teams to really kind of prove that, like, hey, like, we're, we're four and one now, right? The three and one thing that we beat three good teams, like, that's not a joke. We're for real. And I think it's an opportunity for both of these teams. And obviously, more so for the Bucks. If the Bucks can come out here with a banged up team and beat a completely healthy Bears squad, I think that says more about the Bucks than it does about the Bears, honestly. Absolutely, and if they win this game, by the way, Buccaneers will start their season four and one for the first time in fifteen years. So I wasn't even watching football. <laughs> exactly, I wasn't. man. Exactly. So this Buccaneers team, four years old, definitely has a lot of a lot to prove. That's insane to really think about. Like that, <laughs> God, time is just crazy. All right, so. Let's get into this game preview a little bit. You had mentioned something that I wanted to talk about as well, and it is the strength of both of these teams on defense. I know that five-touchdown game last week for Brady looked awesome, but I still think that this is a team that can win or lose games based off of how well that defense plays. And, um, you know, the Bears have a pretty solid defensive unit as well. And then you look at the Bucks in particular. You look at the injuries that they're facing on the offensive side of the ball. The defense is absolutely going to have to be the strong point. Brady can play well, and he can check it down to just about anybody. But if that offense stalls out like we've seen them do in the past, you know this could be one of those games where if points are at a premium and your defense isn't ready to play, the Bears can take it away from you before you even realize what's going on. But this defensive group for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, while they didn't have their strongest showing against the Chargers, they rank like this. They have got ranked fourth for yards allowed. They are tied for ninth for points allowed. They are tied. Actually, they're not tied, but they are ninth in red zone defense. They have the league's fifth best sack rate per drop back. And they have allowed the second fewest first downs per game and the fourth worst third down success rate. I know that's a lot of ticky tacky stats, but those are pretty damn impressive. When you're top 10 in those scoring categories, this Bucks defense has absolutely been rolling. And then you look at Chicago. Their offense, definitely not the strength of that football great. team. You got Nick Foles, who just replaced Mitch Trubisky. He did not look good at all against the Colts. He really did not. And I think Flashback just- to the last time Nick Foles played the Buccaneers last year in Jacksonville. Got benched at halftime. Exactly. I don't think Nick Foles is ready for this team. And I don't really think it's his fault. I don't think it's a Nick oh, Foles no. problem. I think it's a Bears problem. <laughs> I think it's... um. You know, I said this on the season prediction show way back. Like, I think any team that is forced to make a decision at quarterback at some point in the season is doomed to mediocrity. Like, other than the Eagles, I cannot remember. And that was only because of injury. Other than the Eagles, I cannot remember a team that made a quarterback change in the middle of the season and then won a Super Bowl with that quarterback. Right? Uh, I do. I do. Who? It was was because of injury, but, you know... um... A guy named Tom Brady took over the Patriots and uh, won a Super Bowl after Drew Bledsoe got hurt in the second game. But yeah, I've heard um, some stories about that guy. I, I, you know, I've heard some things, and I, I feel like he could potentially be a sleeper guy. And it is, I think, this Brady guy. What, what's his name? Tim? Tom? Tam? Tom? Tammy? Um, I Tam? Tommy or Tammy? Which one? Oh, uh, we'll go. We'll go Tom. Okay. Well, it's Tommy versus Nikki this week, I guess. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, two guys that just need to prove themselves. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, Nick Foles. When when you look at it, his only success has come in Philadelphia, and it's very weird because I don't know if I've seen anything like it. It's not like this is some 
like oh, he had some success in Philadelphia. No, he was good in Philadelphia. Like there was questions about up here on Sports Talk Radio. All I would hear is you know, they 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 talk about it now. Like every morning after an Eagles loss, I literally there are callers that call in and are talking about Nick Foles still and saying that how Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, made the wrong decision and it was it was a mistake and this and that. Uh, they're they're still talking about it and it's very weird because everywhere else that Nick Foles has gone, he hasn't been good. Now he come comes in for Mitch Trubisky versus Atlanta and Atlanta's bad and Nick Foles just comes back. Atlanta, in their defense, well, the little defense that they play, um, in in their defense, they weren't prepared for Nick Foles. Um, you know, they had no tape on Nick Foles currently in a Chicago offense. Now there's what like a half of football from Atlanta and a full game for the Bucks to look off of. So it's a little bit different. But yeah, you, you, he's a guy you can't give time in the pocket because he can do some things. Chicago has you know Allen Robinson. They got Jimmy Graham, who's okay. Um, I believe they you know, David Montgomery, the running back. So they still have some weapons. But I mean, yeah, this defense is going to have to play better than they did last week. It's especially with the offense being down. Some of the guys are going to be Mike Evans not at one hundred percent, Scotty Miller not at one hundred percent. Look, you know, not a lot of running backs there. Uh, you know, they're going to be dressed. Um, so, and a good Bears defense that the Bucks are going up against. The, the the Bucks defense is going to have to play very good and get back to how they played in the first three weeks of the season if they, if they want to win this. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big name of the game for that defense. And, you know, I think it goes without question. Every single week, we kind of know the Bucks are going to come in and they're going to have blitz on the game plan. For a good 60% of what seems like the defensive snaps, they're going to be blitzing. Um, and kind of like what we saw with L.A., you know, Justin Herbert, he hit those bombs when the Bucks blitzed and they got pumped and you had no safety help over the top. Or I'm sorry, you only had one safety back there. But what I'm trying to say is that if you're going to blitz this week, absolutely you have to hit home. I think that's the key to every defensive game plan if you know you're going to be blitzing a lot. But with those weapons that you had just mentioned, Allen Robinson is a guy who in particular, if Nick Foles is feeling frisky, feels like he has the time, he's going to let it rip and Allen Robinson can make you pay but with that being said if this defense plays to expectations i really don't expect anything risky from nick Foles. he'll take a shot every now and again but the bears offense just you know for them right now the name of the game is consistency they have not put together a full four quarters of offensive football granted that the bucks really haven't done the same but i think it's i think it's a little bit different in this case it was like opposite day on sunday for the bucks right yeah first first half just yeah and second half, good, right? That's that's how the first three games, it was the complete opposite. And at the start of the Chargers game, you were thinking, okay, well, they're just going to roll again because they go up 7 nothing. And I think if the Bucks get the ball first to start this game tomorrow, it's important for them to score points on the first drive. Yeah, absolutely. You set the tone, you get points early, and, and that's where you – that's where this team plays the best. Um, when they score points early, when they get on the scoreboard first, obviously with L.A., it was a much different situation – But you get out, you're not playing from behind. You know, I just, obviously it sets up a much better football game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, So let's talk about this defense of the Bears. There's a couple of guys on that defense. Obviously, the defensive line, their pass rush shouldn't be slept on. I'm going to be watching the offensive line. And I think something else about the offensive line as well that we need to say. They've had a damn good season. Okay, five sacks over four games should definitely not be ignored. This unit. Well, and also, if you remember, 
those two sacks versus Denver, I put the blame both on Brady. So Yeah, yeah. So this offensive line has been fine. Donovan Smith has been fine. Nobody's been yelling about him this week, so he's obviously doing his job a little bit better. Um, they've done everything that we really could have asked from them when it comes to protecting Tom Brady in the football. And you just have to continue to do that on Sunday. You give them time. You slow down Khalil Mack whatever way you can. And, of course, Akeem Hicks is another guy on that defensive line I'm going to be watching. He's playing damn well for 31 years old. But Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, you can slow down and neutralize the Bears' pass rush. I definitely think you give Tom time, throw in the pocket, and you'll see this offense have a field day. But if they can't get it cracking, the Bears' defense is playing well, and the pass rush is getting there, could be a pretty long afternoon. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, you're going to be looking at the defense to really carry this game and maybe at some points for some turnovers to slow things down for the Bears if they get rolling. But um, to sum it all up, this offensive line, I'm going to be paying extra close attention Thursday night. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, they not only do they have Khalil Mack and Akeem next, they have Robert Quinn, who uh, Donovan Smith's going to be going up against him, and Robert Quinn's had his number. So uh, he's going to have to play well. Robert Quinn is a guy that can wreck the game. I think – They'll have a game plan for Khalil Mack, but Robert Quinn's kind of, eh, like he's kind of scary a little bit. I mean, even if Brady gets time, I mean, I know you say it could be a field day. I look at this defense. They're, they got Roquan Smith, who's not the best in coverage, but he's a darn good linebacker. Danger Bathan's okay in coverage, but then Kyle Fuller, solid corner. Eddie Jackson, one of the best safeties in the league. Jalen Johnson, okay. And then Sean Gibson's decent. Like, I mean, I, I, I like this defense. The Buccaneers are going to have to play efficient, right? Like, they're going to – you can't have one or zero turnovers, right? The reason the Bucs won on Sunday was because they had one turnover. Now, it was a pick six. You can't have a pick six this game. But if they had any more turnovers, you could be talking most likely about a loss. It's most likely. What did they do on Sunday? They won the turnover battle. They had two turnovers to one for them. They need to win the turnover battle in this game. Uh, I personally think they need to record multiple takeaways against this Bears offense. I think the opportunities will be there. And with against this defense, I, I think that you're going to have to take advantage of some short fields because I think it's going to be a little tough sledding um, for, for uh, the offense that's not 100%. If they had OJ, if they had Godwin, um, they had LeSean McCoy, they had Justin Watson, you know, I think it would be much different. But... With this shorthanded offense, a solid defense, it all goes back to the Bucks' defense giving the offense those short fields because I think that's going to be the key. Which defense puts their offense in a better situation? Absolutely. And you look back at last year. I know that Jacksonville and Chicago were in two very different situations, but Dick Foles is a guy who obviously does not play very well under pressure. If the defensive line can overpower the Bears and the pass rush can get there, then I'm expecting multiple turnovers. Nick Foles, you know, again, with any quarterback in the NFL. I feel like I say this every single game preview episode, but the pressure gets there. You force turnovers. It's as simple as that. Yeah, that's that's the name of the game with every, every quarterback. I've seen Bears writers this week say, well, they got to get pressure on Brady because if they don't, you're not really going to force many turnovers. And that could be true. Uh, Foles is not a track star, right? He's he's not a guy that's going to be able to, to scramble out of those situations. So I would say be smart with the blitz because you did just get burnt by two practice squad players on Sunday. Uh, and Allen Robinson is much better than those guys. Yeah. So I'd say be smart with the blitz, but I definitely send them because, yeah, like you said, Foles, the more you hit him, 
you know, the reason, one of the reasons he had such success in Philly was because they did those RPOs and those quick passes, and the offensive line was solid, and that's why Nick Foles was able to have success. And I think if you just hit him, like we saw in Jacksonville last year, uh, I believe what the the, well, the Bucks Devin White picked them off, and then I think the ver the Bucks scored a touchdown on that drive, and then the very next defensive uh, drive, um, Shaq Barrett strip sack Nick Foles, and Devin White picked it up and ran it in. So, and then uh, the Jacksonville finally got some momentum. And then there was another strip sack. So that was two strip sacks and a pick that they got on Nick Foles last year. They're going to need something similar to that this week. Yeah, absolutely. Expected a big game from Devin White, who really showed up and showed out in that Jacksonville game. Now, I wanted to ask you this question for fun. Because I think it's fun to think about a buddy of mine, buddy in particular named Johnny B, who you can listen to on the Bucks break every Tuesday here on CFP. We were, uh, we were previewing this game. And he got this thought rolling in my head. He's like, yeah, he's like, Tom Brady isn't going to lose to Nick Foles again. He's like, it's not going to happen. You well, remember yeah. the Super Bowl. You remember the Philly special. It. Everybody remembers. You think Brady's just got like a special notebook somewhere and it's all these different strategies on how to break down Nick Foles from the mental game to the game itself. He's like, all right, defense, you need to tackle him and grab him here so you can re-aggravate this injury. Well, that sounds a little harsh, but you, you know what I'm trying That's to say. Do you, do you think Brady is just – hell-bent on not losing to Nick Foles once again. Look, this guy can still name every quarterback that was drafted in front of him. Right. And that was in 1990, what, 8? 1999, something like that? 99. Okay. He's, he has not forgotten. He has said that, you know, that Super Bowl, that hurt him the most. Um, he said that hurt him more than both Giants once. And guess what? Ever since that, he's been taking it out on the Giants. He hasn't forgotten that the Giants beat him. He has not forgotten. And week eight, I think the Giants are going to find that out. Um, but uh, he, yeah, you know, he said that this one was more difficult because he had played so well and the team had played so well and they were so close. And that Brandon Graham strip sack on Brady to basically ice it, that haunts him. And he came back the next season and won a Super Bowl. And I think that he definitely, even though Nick Foles was on a different team, he remembers what Nick Foles did to his defense that day. And he remembers that Nick Foles, uh, you know, Tom Brady was probably the better quarterback that day, but I believe Nick Foles won Super Bowl MVP. And he remembers that, and I don't think he's going to forget it. So what you, you think, and he has like a Steve Buscemi, Billy Madison, like a list. Right. He's just, you know, crossing yeah. off the names. I, I yeah. like to imagine um, Gridiron Heights Bleacher Report did like a parody a little while ago of American Psycho with Tom Brady. And he's got like, you know, just the he's got like the plastic bag wrapped around all of his clothes. He's not tracing anything anywhere. He's he's a maniac. And, and I hope that, you know, with everything that's been talked about, especially with the performance last week, man, maybe we just get a little bit of that unhinged, crazy psycho Tom Brady this week. Because it's definitely exciting football to watch. And, um, you know, I think we kind of have to talk about Brady for just a second because he's definitely picked up the pace. And that's the thing. Like I personally, you know, obviously they were playing from behind really big, but I didn't expect him to throw five touchdowns in a game this season. And, you know, maybe at this point, I know that there's still some chemistry to be figured out with the offense. I know that there's a lot of adjustments. I know you don't have Chris Godwin, hundred percent healthy. You yeah. don't have Mike Evans, 100% healthy. 
but I think he's just kind of figured out how to manage it. And I think he's in a much better spot as of right now than I really thought he would be this far in the season. Well, that's why it's a shame that Howard went down because yeah. it, it felt like they were really starting to get underneath themselves and uh, really starting to get the ball rolling. And, you know, Leonard, so Leonard Fournette, when asked about the chemistry things, I believe right when he first signed with Tampa, he said, you know, give us to week five. Well, you know, I think there's got to be an asterisk there because Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette just haven't been available enough. So I'll, I'll give him to week seven or eight. But uh, he had said basically give us to week five and the offense will look fine. And, you know, it's the second half. Hopefully they can build on that second half of, in, on Sunday. Hopefully they found something in that second half. And they're like, yeah, this works. They have yet, like you said, they have yet to put together a full 60 minutes of, of offense. There has been quarters, there has been halves, where they just have looked just awful. Um, and, you know, it's time, you don't have to, now when I say a good day, I don't mean you're putting up 50 points, that's not whatever. But that's not what I mean. I mean, just be efficient and be able to play four quarters. 28 when, points and a win is still a full four quarters and, exactly. you know, a it's, good day. Yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're, yeah, I mean... You win 28-20, offense did its job. You know, I don't, like, you got it. You can't go three, four straight drives without scoring, right? You, you have to be able to score. And th- I know, I think the Bucks defense is good. But I don't think, you know, if the Bucks offense is stalling for a half or, you know, uh, three quarters, don't think that the Bears didn't see the mistakes that the Chargers made and said, okay, we're not going to do this, right? So we're not going to let you back in the game. If it's 24-7 to to the Bears tomorrow night, the Bucks probably lose. The Bears are more experienced, and they're, you know, they're probably a slightly better team than the Chargers are. So the Bucks will probably lose if they're down 24-7, to right? They watch the same tape, right? The Bucks put all that stuff on tape, and they know. So the big thing is just be, like I said, got to be efficient that's the number one start to to having a good day on offense one or zero turnovers and if you have that one turnover it can't be a backbreaker one don't let it be in the red zone don't let it be you know you throw it to the end zone and it's picked can't have that right when you have opportunities to get points get points but you also need to play a full 60 minutes and we have yet to see that does it come this week i don't know i honestly probably not just because there's not healthy enough short does week. it come soon yeah i mean it, it's tough uh, does it come soon? I think it does. I, I think it, I'm not saying Green Bay, but I think you know you're looking at Green Bay, you're looking at Vegas, you're looking at the Giants. I think maybe that Giants game is the prime one where you could see um, them put together four quarters. But um, it'll be key for them to play complementary football with their defense, and I think that's that's the biggest key for the offense. I just want I'm not I don't want you Tom Brady to throw five touchdowns again, get the win, sure, fine. But I'd be perfectly fine with you know one touchdown, 230 yards, no picks. As long as you get the win, you're efficient enough, I'm fine with it. But just find a way to get the win. Absolutely. And you had brought up those future games. You look at Green Bay. I think it's the first game all season where, you know, whether you're ready or not, you have to play four full quarters, especially the way that Aaron Rodgers is playing right now. That Green Bay offense is humming, and he's damn near doing it by himself. Obviously, they have some weapons over there, but it's one of those games where if you're not ready to go blow for blow, you're going to fall behind and you're not going to catch back up like you did against a rookie quarterback in the L.A. Chargers. But ladies and gentlemen, 
short week means also a little bit of a shorter episode for us. So every single week here on the Game Preview Show to close things out, we do something called the Weekly Checklist. I put together a little checklist of three things that the Buccaneers need to do to win the game this Thursday night. If they do it, hopefully they'll be 4-1 and one for the first time in 15 grueling seasons. Hmm. So let's just get into it. The first one, shut down Nick Foles. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but the pass rush, absolutely expecting them to do their job. Pressure is the name of the game. If you're going to blitz, you're going to need to hit home. And we know the Bucks are going to blitz, so we're going to need mm-hmm. to see them hit home, hit Nick Foles, make them uncomfortable early in the game, force those turnovers, force just bad plays, miscommunication. You know what? If you got to play dirty, get in their head. Win the mental game as well. But whatever you do, shut down that passing attack or lack thereof from Bears quarterback Nick Foles number two on the weekly checklist neutralize the Bears pass rush we talked about it as well their pass rush is not something that should be taken lightly I think if this offensive line is not ready to go they could get caught sleeping you're going to need some Mm -hmm. help you're going to be chipping guys left and right expecting a lot of big tight end lineups out there on Sunday for the offense but um neutralize their pass rush you keep Brady clean give him time in the pocket he can shred he can pick them apart all night long you're going to need to give them time to do that. So a lot of high expectations for this offensive line. And Evan, for this third and final thing on the weekly checklist, I know you're going to be mad at me, but make your kicks. Ryan Suckup missed a kick last week. And I'll tell you what, if he makes that kick from 44 yards out, the Buccaneers ice that game one drive sooner. So make your kicks, especially if it's a game where points are at a premium. You got two really good defenses going up against each other this Thursday night. And I think it's one of those things where if you get in field goal position, you're going to have to rely on him to be automatic because at the end of the day, leaving points on the board, wins or loses you football games. So that's the weekly checklist for me. Evan, do you have anything you wanted to add other than make your kicks? Make your kicks? <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, I mean, Chicago's the, the windy city, right? And yeah. I just checked the weather. It's supposed to be 66 and sunny, so I don't know how much the weather is actually going to factor. I didn't check on the wind. On a Thursday night? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, the high is 66, but, I mean, it's supposed to be, like, 66 at, like, 3 p.m. in Chicago, so I don't know, like, also by the time the game time. Or 40s by the time kickoff rolls around. 30? Okay. Yeah. Sure. What? Yeah. You don't believe me? No, it's not good. No, it's not going to be. You don't think it's going to be in the 40s or even the 50s? To, uh, maybe the tonight, 30s is a bit just, of an overreaction, but I think it's going to be a cold let's one. Let's just look at it. Let's just look at it tonight, okay? So tonight, right now, it is 73 degrees in Chicago. At 8 p.m., it's supposed to be 61. Wow. So that's just for, for context. I just right? thought it got colder up there for some reason. I don't know. I mean, it does, but, like, I'm looking at it right now. Thursday, it's a 66. Friday, it's 77. Um like it's it's yeah you, even up here it's like we today was seventy five degrees today oh, and it's normally in well I'm just saying in in <laughs> you know October seventh it's normally not seventy five degrees um, so I mean yeah it's the weather is not really going to be a huge factor so Ryan Suckup like you said he missed a kick last week it's and I tweeted I said it's fine you're not going to make every kick you're just not right. And that's officially – I don't care about the blocks. That's the first kick he's missed, okay? Yeah. I know I know the stats are going to say that he missed three. No, he didn't, okay? Because when they're blocked, they don't even have a chance. So that's the first kick he missed. But then he rebounded and made the rest of them. Remember, they were kicking that when they only had seven on the board. That means he made all of his extra points plus a field goal, 
So it seemed like he rebounded well. Just don't let it turn into more, you know. And like you said, with points at a premium, you're going to need your kicker to step up. Um, and, yeah, I, I think the tight ends are also going to have to step up in this game. I think that's that's my checklist. Get the tight ends involved. Get, you know, Gronkowski involved. I know Gronkowski might have to be used as a blocker a little bit more, especially since you don't have O.J. Howard now, who's O.J. Howard's a better blocker than Cameron Brake. Cameron Brake just can't, can't block. Um so Gronkowski might have to be used as a blocker a little bit, but I think uh, having Cameron Bright there should help. I mean, now you see why they kept him, right? Uh, it's it's nice to have him now. So uh, you get them involved. And the Bears linebackers aren't great in coverage, uh, which, I mean, not having O.J. Howard is going to hurt, but that's their best like, vertical threat. But um, just get him involved, and especially with the depleted receiving core, depleted running back core, you're going to have to get those tight ends uh, ready to go. So that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, I'd love to see Cameron Brake get much more involved. We kind of talked a little bit on the game review show last week. You know, with O.J. Howard being put on IR this week, definitely a lot of room for Cameron Brake to step up and return to former glory that we have seen from him in the past. I think it's a really big opportunity for him to do it. And if those tight ends are definitely a part of the game plan, as you mentioned, I would love to see it. Hell, I'd love to see yes. a Gronk touchdown this week so, as well. Um, so, per Greg Allman said, yeah, Bucks are keeping their wide receiver options open for the Bears game Thursday as practice squad receiver Josh Pearson travel with the team and could be elevated to play. So, I think that's in case of Mike Evans or Scotty Miller just not being able to go. I think they're sort of going to wait and see how they feel tomorrow, and if they're not ready to go, then they'll just bring him up from the practice squad. Okay, and there's one more guy in that tight end room that I wanted to mention. A lot of people might have forgotten about him, but I sure didn't. Preseason hero, Mr. Tanner Hudson. I saw our buddy Chris Fisher put out a tweet the other day. He's like, I just bet the over on Tanner Hudson touchdowns this year. I think it's a safe well, bet. What was, the, yeah, what was the over? That, well, that's what, what, that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to know <laughs> what the number was. It's probably like two. Not even, maybe. He's a, he was a fourth-string tight end. Hey, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let you know before we wrap things up. If you want to make some quick and easy money this season, go bet some money on the Tanner Hudson over for the touchdown total this season because with – O.J. Howard going down, Cameron Brayton not always being available, and, of course, Gronk being double coverage anytime he you know, stretches the field. Maybe you see a little bit of Tanner Hudson glory in that connection from Tom Brady. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Are we doing uh, scores or no? Say again? Are we doing scores or no? Oh, hell. I don't know why I always forget to do scores. But, yeah, let's go ahead and do some score predictions before we get out of here. I promise it's important. Like, I promise we don't purposely forget about it. But, <laughs> um, all right. So, I'm going to go ahead and throw my score prediction out there first. And I, I have this score the way that it is because I think you're going to need your kicker to step, uh, step up. And I think he does, and he does it twice. So, I have the Buccaneers winning 23 to 14 now remember if he doesn't make those kicks it's 17 to 14 so i think this is a game that could still come down to the wire but if ryan Suckup makes his kicks at key opportune moments of the game i've got the buccaneers coming out on top 23 to 14 so i have this is a close game as well and i have the buccaneers scoring 23 oh wow but i have the the bucks scoring 23 and the bears scoring 20 and I'm going to predict that Ryan Suckup hits a field goal with about 40 seconds left, and then the defense just holds him. I think that's what's going to happen. I think it'll be tied. It'll be tied at 20, and then Ryan Suckup will hit a field goal with about 
40 seconds or so and the bears will have like maybe one timeout or like no timeouts and they just won't have enough time and the defense will make one last play so i think it's gonna be really tight i think the bucks could be down at halftime again i think that's very possible um i would not overlook this bears team right now if, if the bucks were healthy uh i think they if the my score would be much different if they were completely healthy but i mean this is a fully healthy bears team pretty much against a banged up bucks offense so the defense is gonna have to play well and uh yeah i'm thinking i'll say antoine winfield gets his first interception that's oh. that's a, a little bonus prediction i'll yeah. uh, i'll do i'll put out there so antoine winfield getting his first pick ryan suck up making his first game-winning field goal as a buccaneer and uh yeah so that that's uh that's my two predictions there hell yeah man i, I look forward to it and as we mentioned before one last thing before we wrap up the buccaneers winning this game and the status that they are with the players that they have injured and the limited capacity they've kind of got that offense rolling, it will be a testament to where I believe that this team is chemistry-wise for this point in the season, kind of what we had mentioned earlier. But definitely looking forward to the game. It is always fun watching the Buccaneers under the lights. I really wish they were wearing the red and pewter, but we're not going to see that for another goddamn month. So, um, yeah, I guess we got to get used to the white on white at this point. But ladies uh, and it's only a, it's only a, It's only a few weeks. It's week eight. Dance. I guess. I guess it would have been cool <laughs> to see. We, they only wear red and pewter like three times total this season, though. Yeah. Like well, it's, it's, it's so disappointing. It's first. Well, I wouldn't mind the the white, just not white on white. Like why I can't like you the just white do, on pewter? Yeah. Like why? Like do give us one game with white on pewter. I'm not asking for every game, but like just give you you know like white on white. Like they're they're wearing it this week. Then they're wearing it versus Green Bay. Then they're wearing it versus Vegas. And then you've you have two straight with with red versus the Giants and the Saints, and you go back to white, and then I think they wear like pewter or something. But like, yeah, just too much white, man, way too much. And then just like pewter, just that's all you have to do. Just wear the pewter pants. Yeah. Like I don't, or if you don't wear the red jersey with the white pants, that's well, a that, good that's look. A, I don't, that's what I was gonna bring up. I think yeah. I, I don't know if we see that this season, but I'll be honest with you, I think preseason next year, if we have one. I think preseason next year, you're going to see these guys play around with their uniform combos a little bit. I think that'll be the debut of the red jersey, white pants, because they always the last seem time, to like to do that. Yeah, the, yeah, they only wear them in the preseason, really. Yeah. I've never seen them wear that combination in the in the regular season. Back in the uh, day. Back in yeah, the day, I mean, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it, it's rare. Like, it's yeah. not very common. So, next year, I, I have a feeling next year they're going to have – Another jersey available oh, at their disposal. I so, think everybody uh, already knows that. Every I don't need to know what jersey it is. I don't need to say what jersey it is. I mean, we all know. I'm not going to say it, but I think uh, they're going to have the pewter jersey. Plus, they're going to have a little little extra jersey. So, oh man, I am so goddamn excited. So excited, ladies and gentlemen. D- dude, we could do like a whole hour show of just uniform combo talks for the Buccaneers, but. Let's finally wrap this up. Ladies and gentlemen, with all of that being said, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out with video on YouTube or listening on any major podcast platform as well. You can find the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Pretty much the best place to go for any updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host on social media, Instagram, Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can find him on Twitter as well at EvanNFL. You can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. If you follow me, I promise I will follow you back. 
And we finally made it to this point. I need to say something because people are messaging us and they're concerned. And I need to promise that there is no reason to be concerned. We've been teasing a major announcement and we're very excited to let you guys know that we're probably going to announce it Friday or like early next week, but we really just like kind of keeping people hanging on for those who care. So if you've listened to this point of the podcast, firstly, we do appreciate you. And second, that announcement is coming soon. I promise nothing is drastically changing with the show. There's no lineup changes happening. There's nothing crazy going on. So I just want to reassure everybody that right now, but that major announcement will be dropping here soon. So definitely keep an ear out for that. We will talk to you guys Friday after the Bears game. I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and we'll talk to you guys after the game. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.